Hello, everyone. This is Michael Gallagher, and this is the M&M Podcast. I am a lecturer in digital education at the University of Edinburgh, and I'm joined, as always, by my colleague, Miles Blaney. Hi, I'm Miles Blaney. I'm a service manager in uh, digital learning applications and media and learning, teaching, and web and information services in the University of Edinburgh. I need to probably abbreviate that a bit more for next time. We, we have uh, very long titles here. Yeah, so uh, we're actually in episode 18, I think, 18. of this 18 of this podcast. And know, we're joined I, today. I'm sorry, go hours, ahead. That's nine hours of content, by the way. That's right. We, we'd like to talk. I think that's, we just like to talk to each other, so it's fine. <laughs> but we are joined today by two very, very special guests, and we're very, very happy to have them here. And that is Dr. Ismail and Saeed Yunus from the State University of Zanzibar. Hello, both. Hello. Hello. Hello, Michael. Hello, Miles. Hello, Hello. Dr. Ismail, could you... Hello, Saeed. Uh, Dr. Ismail, could you possibly uh, maybe introduce yourself and say what your role is at the State University of Zanzibar? I know it's changing a bit, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Yeah, I'm Mariam Jafar Ismail. And um, yeah, as you have said, my role has changed. I used to be uh, the dean and I've just completed my role. for. Uh, I've done this uh, a role for six years since 2014 to now, 2020. But I'm a teacher uh, specialized in teacher education in second language teaching. And I'm also a senior lecturer at the School of uh, Education. And I've been a lead of several projects at the State University of Zanzibar. What are what are some of those projects, Dr. Isma? Uh, there are a number of projects. Like uh, we have a project called uh, we call it uh, Pebble Partnership for Enhanced and Blended Learning. This is a network uh, with different, which is supported by uh, DFID and Sphere. Uh, normal, this is a network of blended learning, but we also have a, a project like an Asia project, enhancing entrepreneurship, innovation, and sustainability in higher education in Africa, funded by Erasmus. Um, we also have got a, a number of network like um, uh, this one, uh, digital education in Africa. We have another project, uh, and this project also have got e-learning component in it. BSU, Building Stronger University. Saidi can explain what is BSU later. But we have a network of also uh, something to do with e-learning and uh, flipped classroom with the University of Otago in New Zealand. We call it Sousa Otago uh, Network. We have another project like a transformation language education for development uh, supported by NORAD fun and funded by NORAD. We have STEM for Success in Zanzibar supported by Milele Zanzibar Foundation and Wellspring Philanthropic Fund. We have another one, we call it Teaching at the Right Level, supported by just uh, some network and platform, regional education learning initiative in Africa. We have other, a number of projects like a five kilometer radius initiative. This is a local uh, supported by the university. Normally we, we have said like as a university, we, ha we have to have, we have to make an impact uh, by the schools surrounding us. So we are supporting those within five kilometer radius with professional development, in particular teachers, in order to improve their learning uh, outcome. Because uh, sometimes we have massive failure because of number of reasons, the language 
of instruction, technology, infrastructure, library, and so on. So that's, that's, uh, that's I can they, list, yeah. yeah, I can list a lot of projects, but I think this is enough for today. That's, <laughs> yeah, so that five, that 5K radius project, uh, that sounds like that's one of my favorite. I, I I heard you talk about that before, and it's one of my favorites. But we can we can return to that a little bit later. Uh, Saeed, would you would you care to introduce yourself as well? Okay, okay, okay. My name is Saeed Yunus. I'm an assistant lecturer from the School of Education, the State University of Zanzibar. My area of expertise is educational technology, also digital education and uh, blended learning. I have uh, involved in Very interesting. many projects with uh, Dr. Mariam, like uh, Pebble, BSU, and other that she, she mentioned earlier. Very interesting. So I, I, are you also involved in uh, Kiswahili, right? So there's something to do with language training as well or yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are intending to establish MOOCs, uh, massive open online courses on in teaching Swahili for uh, speakers who are not uh, Swahili speakers. This is because we have a center for digital learning and uh, we are producing digital content. So one among the aims that we have is uh, producing a course where we are going to teach other speakers to learn Swahili. That's really interesting. Is that is that because Zanzibar is famous for its Kiswahili? Yeah. So uh, Zanzibar is famous and uh, yeah. say that uh, Swahili was born in, in, in Zanzibar, actually. That's good. Yeah. That's what I wanted you but, to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but also I want, yeah, Michael. Uh, yes. I would like to add a point, or, or, I mean, on uh, that Kiswahili moves. Uh, at university, you know, we have got a program. Uh, we are teaching Kiswahili uh, to local students as a program, like bachelor degree in Kiswahili for, uh, for local students. But we also have got program for foreigners. Like for a long time, since 1970, 1979, we, the, we used to have an institute called Taasisi uh, Kiswahili and like an institute for Kiswahili and foreign languages. So they used to teach Kiswahili for foreigners, but it was like a, in a local way whereby those uh, foreigners are coming to Zanzibar and then they have one-to-one session with a, with a lecturer. So now, the more uh, as we grow, we have also introduced a, another program called Masters of Education. Um, we call it TEXOL, teaching Kiswahili to speakers of other languages. So now, what we want to do is, and in particular, this COVID has opened our eyes. Like we we just uh, find out, like maybe it's not necessary for everyone to come to Zanzibar to learn Kiswahili. But we can also have online program, at least an introductory, an introductory program for them to come in. I mean, for them to learn Swahili online. But then they can come to Zanzibar because it's also an important part of language learning. Sometimes you have to come to the uh, to the country so that you can go and see the culture and other things. So because we have introduced that teaching program, and uh, we used to have uh, these uh, uh, like uh, short courses between four. Uh, to six weeks, and actually they are tailored 
may depending on the uh, person, I mean, how, how long they want to study. So, yes, that's why we, we want to focus on yeah, K-MOOCs in this way. That's and, uh, and because really we have also seen the idea of MOOCs, so we thought, okay, so we can also introduce MOOCs in Kiswahili. That's really, yeah, it's really fascinating. So was that uh, focus on, was this accelerated as a result of COVID? You know what I mean? Was was the current situation making you think differently about how Sousa approaches Kiswahili education? Like, would it be more online, like you're saying? Would it be more in MOOCs? This sort of thing? Yeah. Previously, we had this idea. We really wanted to do it. But, you know, sometimes you are struggling to introduce new things or to move forward because of limited funding. And uh, like, uh, you know, sometimes people don't see the need, like the need to study online. But then with because we used to receive a number of uh, people from different countries, Libya, UK, German, China, they come to learn Kiswahili for a few, few weeks. But then uh, now with COVID, no one is coming and uh, you don't really want to just uh, stay there without doing anything. So I think now... Whoever is going to be in a, in a position, for example, provost, they will think about when they are planning, they will also think about the budget to implement some online courses, in particular for foreigners or for people who want to come in and uh, study Kiswahili. And uh, apart, from the, apart from COVID, previously there were people who wanted to come to, to study Kiswahili in Zanzibar, but some people were scared to travel. Like one time I met a friend who thought like, oh, coming to Africa, I don't know, maybe in Africa there are, like I'm, I'm scared, I've never been there, how is this going to be? So, well, I think sometimes it's good if you start online courses and then when people feel comfortable, then it will be easy for them to travel. Well, that's, that's really interesting. And let me, if anybody's listening that is slightly scared of going to Africa, let me tell you, don't be. It's <laughs> Zanzibar is probably the most lovely place on earth. It's it's a beautiful yes. location. So you should definitely you should definitely it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. And uh, I hope everybody has a chance to get there. Someday. So but, but even before this podcast today, I thought because I wasn't too sure where Zanzibar actually was. And um, so I, I Googled it and it looks absolutely stunning. And then I started to watch a couple of the videos of people walking around and I thought it is beautiful looking place. Absolutely it's a beautiful stunning. place. Yeah, beautiful place, beautiful people, just lovely. It's but, very lovely. But see, going back on 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 the point there about you're talking there about you know you've um, the COVID is COVID's probably shifted mm. people's feet to to think about moving more in an agile space into adopting more technology. Um, so, but before COVID, you know what was you know what kind of tools were you using or what kind of technology were you using on a daily basis to teach courses? Hey, do you want to answer that or do you want me to? You can start and then I, I will add it. Well, okay, okay all right. So, um, you know, before COVID, uh, we actually started with online uh, blended learning courses. We started training uh, academic staff with, uh, I mean, a number of e-learning programs. But it, like, you know, the scale, it was like a... Uh, we were trying to, you know, it's like a mind shift. You are trying to convince people to show them how online learning is good. But actually the pace to, to I mean, to do the change was 
actually very slow. People look like some were convinced, but some were like, okay, with technophobia, some were like, ah, oh, I mean, I don't know, this this is not going to work. Or some people were thinking like, because we have been studying abroad, so we are bringing in new things that are not uh, actually African. This is a new pedagogy. And uh, it, I mean, it's it's complicated and it will not happen. So yes, we were trying to do the advocacy. We were trying to train teachers and people were trying to implement it. But you know, like uh, we couldn't, like the progress was like really, really slow. Interesting. Was this part of the, Dr. Ismail, was this part of the Pebble project or was this separate to that? This is before Pebble. No, before Pebble. Actually, Pebble yeah. came ah, after, but before we have BSU. Said, can you say something? Yeah, yeah. It was under BSU, actually. BSU stands for Build Stronger University, the project funded by okay. the NIDA. So now we are in the third phase. We had a, a BSU one where we introduced the platform. And uh, then we have a BSU two where we trained some lecturers. And now we have a BSU three. So Pebble came to build up what BSU has started, actually. So the coming of uh, COVID, we can I say so this was a, a blessing for us that uh, everyone, every lecturer wanted to, to know about e-learning, to learn about it and implement it. So we had a number of requests from the lecturers wanting us to train them on how to use LMS and uh, other technologies. So you can say that uh, the coming of COVID accelerates the, the, the training pace to our lecturers. Interesting. That's really interesting. So you, you had a foundation already there yeah. from these previous projects, right? Yeah. So from the BNU project, from Pebble, and then so, but you were seeing some kind of resistance to it because you're right, Dr. Ismail, it's a, it's a mental shift, right? It's a, it's an organizational change. Yeah. It's interesting. So now everybody's okay with it or are, is there still some resistance to it? We can say majority of them. <laughs> Not all, all of them, but majority. <laughs> many, yeah. You know, many people now want to learn. But, you know, there are other challenges, you, you know, like uh, some people are not comfortable with technology, but they are willing to learn because we did a survey and some say like, okay, connectivity is a problem. Maybe in my house, I don't have a gadget. I don't have device. Um, the university doesn't have a, like a very good infrastructure, but at least people are really ready and willing like to learn. So, yes. That's good. So. When you talk about the platform, you mentioned earlier the platform and the BNU project. Are we talking about Moodle there? Is that what you mean? Like the LMS? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's LMS, yeah. And can I ask as well, do you supplement your use of Moodle with kind of, you know, like social media tools or other bits and bobs? Or is it all focused within one platform? Yeah, we do integrate other other other. Uh, digital platform like uh, social media. I myself am using uh, Facebook and uh, WhatsApp groups. 
So we just uh, use that because uh, students think that it is user-friendly. So when you want to give them an to give them an assignment or an announcement, so it's easy for me to send it in via Facebook or or WhatsApp. Yes. So we integrate that kind of uh, of technologies as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Like um, I use Facebook, WhatsApp. I uh, but but you know, with the Facebook. Not every like lecturer, like you know, we have this uh, casual uh, kind of thing whereby some people think like, oh no, how can you do something um, serious like academic, and then you shift it to to uh, social media like Facebook. So well, so some but some lecturers are using Facebook, and it's working really well because you know the LMS like uh, sometimes to follow everything around is too difficult, but just some other platform, it's easy for them to understand and quicker. They can ask questions quickly. So, yeah. It's so we, we do is integrate. A, we do integrate that's with interesting. other platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Is, uh, is there a cost involved in that for the student? I mean, is that dependent on their Wi-Fi or their, cell, you know, their, their cellular connection? Or is that... It, are are any of those services zero rated? Actually, not you, uh, for, for us for the there. time being. But okay, go yes, ahead. doctor, carry on. Okay, yeah, go. You go. You go first. So actually, when they in campus, they, we have a uh, Wi-Fi services where students can. Uh, uh, access internet yes okay in, in, so that's well, how you do it so you would teach. yeah yeah like like maybe i can also add, add some point over there like you know when, when uh, before covid we had like a free wi-fi at university although it's like not sufficient for everyone you know sometimes uh, when at university time peak hours everyone is using the internet then you are struggling, even when you are in the classroom. Like it happened most of the time when I am in my classes trying to teach and you want to demonstrate something, maybe using internet. So sometimes you need to download your video earlier, so, I mean, to show to the student. Uh, and there is a number of failure. But uh, during the COVID, some com uh, telephone company in Tanzania have started to introduce this zero rated. Uh, we didn't know about it before and it never happened before. But uh, one university, I think University of Dar es Salaam, have said they have started initial conversation with some company to make it zero rated. We we are still in the process of negotiating to do that. So so far, nothing has been done. But we had that plan. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So in case anybody doesn't know what zero rated is, who's listening, uh, it just means essentially that you negotiate with the mobile telecom to make a particular service, uh, website, or IP range free, free to access via the phone. And so I think University of Dar es Salaam, they were talking about making the LMS sure. IP, or IP address yeah. free of charge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yes, okay. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what they were talking about. And, and you know, like uh, that's uh, that's also another mental shift. Something you know, like also our companies might not be aware, like if they can also offer some free services for students. You know, because most companies depending on some profit, so maybe it would be very difficult for them to offer zero rated for for pedagogy or for learning. So actually, it also needs some level of conversation and advocacy and uh, maybe a number of stakeholders need to be involved to so that they can make I mean uh, learning and teaching easier for students in particular some other students are coming from uh, rural areas or in remote areas whereby there are no internet and they don't have devices so yes so when they are at university if it's they also have to pay some student cannot afford to to use internet or to be online every time so yeah they will either have to rely on online i mean uh, internet at university or they have to pay for themselves when they are in their houses which is something complicated not as easy as as it is in other countries that's interesting you know so i think that actually sets up the next question which is okay if covid is accelerating this move online and this use of blended and digital learning, what's your are, what concerns do you have about that shift? So, if you know what I mean, if we're moving online and if we're increasingly using technology with our teaching, uh, is are there any concerns for you with that and the students you you serve at SUSA? Yes, I think uh, you sort of answered it already. Yeah, bit, access sounds like it's going to be a major issue. Access seems like it would be a big issue, right? Yeah, access is a big issue. But then, you know, COVID caught us, even though we started implementing e-learning and blended learning, started to train some academic stuff, but actually we caught us us unaware, like uh, we we actually really struggled because uh, we've been told like, okay, start start training other uh, academic stuff, but then we have never tried uh, training people online like uh, you teach you train someone to teach online also using online a platform so some people were not very comfortable they wanted to see you they wanted to see you so that you explain so yes so it, we were struggling the time to prepare uh, for online education you know it's not that easy as people think you just shift online because this is what happened in Tanzania even in most schools and secondary school just everyone wanted to switch online and they thought okay if I have zoom or if I have this bank then I can be online but actually they never thought about student engagement they never thought about uh, uh, structured mat- course materials they never thought about uh, course alignment, learning outcomes, and um, assessment and uh, activities. And in particular, as when it comes to assessment, people are not also very comfortable with online assessment. They want pen and pencil, like and paper kind of assessment. When when you want to introduce this online assessment, everyone is like, "How do you know the students are going to uh, not cheat all this?" So, well, I I I think there are. A number of concerns, yeah. So See, putting into, I mean, apart from, in, apart from unreliable and expensive internet, high-speed internet, but there are other important pedagogical issues which need consideration from both sides, from lecturers 
and students, yeah. And in particular, you know, student engagement, when we were in classroom, some teachers are really boring because they use teacher-centered approaches. They don't want to use the student-centered approaches. So I think if we fail with the student engagement and, I mean, uh, our retained student interest, then this is the biggest challenge. Interesting. So you would say actually ped- pedagogical uh, challenges are, are very big too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not just technology. It's not just accessibility. Yeah. 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 Yes. It's a lot of things. Interesting. So. What about technology ownership? Mm. Sorry, Saeed, please go ahead. I don't know. I guess I'm, I, I was adding that uh, it's, it's about a lot of things, not uh, technology and uh, pedagogical issues only. It's a kind of a blend of, it's a munge of the both, as I always kind of say, because you, I think mm-hmm. like adoption, design, assessment, access, yes. you know, those are all major, major headaches. And sure, sure. Like the, the, the previous conversation or the previous podcast that we just mm-hmm. did there with John and Jack about, mm-hmm. you know, design, you know, I think you're right in saying that people just have this kind of, will just flip one day from this, yeah. this on campus thing where and then we'll just flip it online it'll be dead easy and you're like well no because student engagement student experience and then it's once you start scratching the surface about assessments is a beautiful one because people as soon as you say online assessments there's so many things that you know can happen in an online assessment and you know i even we'd even ask the questions are a one-off online assessment what's its value so it's um yeah it's an interesting. It's a it's a whole mix of things for sure. Yeah, I it's it's interesting in in turn. How how long? I'm just a curious because I, I I helped a little bit uh, at Souza with the response, but I how long did you have to move everything online, Doctor Ismail and, and Saeed? Do you like how how many days did you have to say, okay, now we're locked down, but we have to be online in like a. a I think it was very quick for you, wasn't it? Like, how fast did you move online? Well, I would say, like, we didn't move that fast because we were just trying to to train teachers at least to be able to use the LMS, at least to be able to upload materials. And it was frustrating and so messy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and you know... It always is, yeah. Yeah, and and you know what was the issue? The issue was, was uh, even the lecturer themselves, these issues we are talking about, pedagogical challenges, access, access. also the, the lecturer was struggling. Also, there are lecturers who doesn't have devices. Some doesn't have access because they are using a um, computer at universities. And some people are not, don't have their own car. They have to use like a public transport. And during COVID time, even if you want to offer training, someone has to actually travel to come to university to use the device at university uh, premises. So actually it was like, oh my God, <laughs> like, uh, well, really frustrating. But at least uh, at, at least some, uh, some lecturers have tried and some, there are some courses which are online already and people are using them. But then there are also some challenges, like uh, uh, one lecturer uh, was telling me the other day, said like, okay, I enrolled all the students on the LMS and I set a limit. But then uh, when that time when that time come, 
suddenly it make all students to be unenrolled again. Like then I don't know what to do. So, you know, those other challenges, like I'm, I, I'm not a technical person. So then we also learn like, okay, we need, we really need to work as a team and this team need to be like bigger and every, like have got 24 hours, like handling these issues. So, yeah. So like, wow, that's well, very stressful. Yeah. So it's not like that easy as you saw, but if you go deeper, <laughs> it looked really good to me. I, when, yeah. when I uh, when I when I joined you that one day to do a little bit of the training, I was like, "Wow, oh, wow, this is very organized." <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I was, I was impressed. <laughs> yeah, because you know, uh, we as facilitators, we have got a number of training. Like Pebble Project has really helped us, and uh, BSU and. Um, like these other networks, like our network of uh, digital education in Africa, like, you know, getting the network to know people, knowing other people, what are University of Dar es Salaam doing? What are Nigeria doing and Uganda doing? So we really learn uh, things very quickly. And that's why you could see like we are so organized. But then when we were giving training, we wanted, uh, we did mentorship program, e-mentors, a number of things, but you know, things didn't happen the way we wanted. We thought like, sure. okay, we, yeah. So because of these other challenges we talked about, like uh, infrastructure, access, uh, I mean, uh, people not understanding what to do or like uh, struggling and getting like uh, when there is no internet. And remember one time we started our online meeting and then suddenly people start, you don't see people like two, two, two. And then suddenly there are only five or six, <laughs> six or 10 people. And you are like, oh my God. So everybody is struggling with internet and boom. <laughs> That's right. There were, there were like many people. So we did a, so for, for background there, we had, you, you organized uh, like a, like, like a meeting or a live session to talk about the training. Yes. And uh, you were hosting, Dr. Ismail, you were hosting it. And a lot of the different yeah. faculty from SUSE joined, and yeah. and there were many many people in this room, and then all of a sudden everybody dropped off, right? Yeah, yeah, just disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> everybody yeah. just disappeared. I'm like, uh oh. Yeah, yeah, and because of the internet, yeah, connectivity. But actually, we wanted to do it that way because we thought like, if academic staff are struggling to use uh, the system and the internet, then. They have to get used to that so that they can support the student. Otherwise, the student will be frustrated also to to use that, and they would not be able to help if if they are also struggling. So that's why we we were pushing it like every meeting, like because we don't have an opportunity to do face to face at that time. We were pushing it to be like, okay, let's do it online. So people are seeing like how frustrating it is, and you really have to be organized to be able to offer a course online. Yeah, so that we wanted them to get that experience. So, so now we are doing yeah, mentoring. Yeah, so we are doing mentoring face to face. So at least people are like relieved, like ah, oh, better. We can see people. We can see faces. <laughs> we can ask questions. <laughs> That's interesting. So, are you? So the digital mentors are those like people like yourself and and Saeed, Are you attached to a particular faculty member, or is it like a drop in session, or how does that work? Yeah, actually, we have uh, we we are about eight facilitators. So, and then we have uh, one hundred lecturers. So we have uh, divided ourselves to a certain schools. So, like me myself, 
I'm responsible for those lecturers from uh, School of Swahili and uh, Institute of uh, Tourism. So, and others are dealing with the yeah. faculty member from School of Health, School of uh, School of Business, and uh, other schools. So, it's kind of uh, dividing roles to each one and uh, having some uh, lecturers to deal with them. Yes. And uh, Dr. Mariam actually really uh, is kind of uh, our <laughs> our mentor. <laughs> we are mentoring uh, lecturers, but uh, we are also mentored by, by her. <laughs> actually, so I'm being good. facilitated. She has yeah. done a lot of job, a lot of job, yes, actually. It, it's, always, it's always like you've kind of, you know, from from COVID and from this pandemic, you've actually shifted and you've learned quite a lot and you've put a lot of infrastructures or you've put a lot of kind of mechanisms, mechanisms in place to try and facilitate, you know, adoption amongst teachers and trying to uh, tackle the student experience and engagement and all those things. And you talked earlier on about your, um, you know, considering MOOCs more, so what, you know, if you, you know, what are the next steps then that you think that you'll probably look at rolling on? Because it looks like you're, you're, you know, pushing adoption more, you're getting more people to train up to use the tools. So what do you think are the next steps then for, for you guys at Sousa? Well, I think uh, we have got a lot to do. Uh, you know, when we started doing this uh, training, I think everyone was focusing on uh, lecturers, academic stuff, 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 stuff. And I think many people have forgotten about uh, students and also quality assurance department. I've been trying, when I was mentoring, every time I was trying to push and say, okay, uh, quality assurers uh, have to also understand what we are doing so that they, uh, they are comfortable on the processes when it comes to assess a student online and we have to shift, like we don't have to assess a student using test and exam, but there are other ways to assess like a journaling, like a peer review, like and these new methods, people, I mean, it's not really new, but uh, they are new to Zanzibar, like uh, uh, not many people are comfortable when you say, okay, you do peer review or you write in a journal or you just do a reflection or you write this to that. Most people will be very comfortable if you say tomorrow is a test objective or multiple choice and uh, certain exams. So yes, we uh, we actually have got other angles which we have to focus on. But also we have also uh, thought like uh, digital literacy is really important. You know, we were just relaxing and actually there are a number of platforms which were free and you can use them with your students. Like uh, in, we are using G Suite. And there was, uh, we just discovered later, like, okay, there is Google Meet, there is Google Classroom, there is this, there is that. So, yes, uh, there are a number of opportunities for free, but then we couldn't see at that time until when we had a, a need to to explore and, and use them. So, yeah, I think, I think that's it. Yeah, and including assessing students online. So also supporting students. Yeah, supporting students was the most important part and I didn't see in my university, like because we are focusing on lecturers, but then you ask yourself, okay, these students are struggling, they don't have access, how are we going to support them? And not many students would be coming from um, a context whereby 
they have used, uh, like they have gadgets or they have used computer before. Some will be new to the computer, in particular, first year students who are just joining the university. So you are thinking like if you have to introduce an online course for first year university who is just new to the university environment and they need to learn uh, and they don't, somehow they have never even touched a mouse, even though it is changing now, but then how are you going to support those students like that? And uh, when putting in consideration that the infrastructure is limited, internet accessibility is, is limited, not every person in the house, like not everyone is coming from a family whereby at least there is one gadget in the house, whereby at least you can share with the family members. So some don't have that access. So yes, there are a lot of questions to ask here yeah. and think. No, and interesting. Yeah. And, and that end to end digital piece, do you know what I mean? That, like you say, it's, it's someone who's never used the device to telling them, you know, part or all of your courses online. That's that's a massive bit of yeah. Very, yeah. bit of training. It's a very difficult. It's a very difficult change. You know, Dr. Ismail and, and Said, does that does that get easier now that you have access to the campus again? Like you you mentioned before we we started recording that you're back on campus, and uh, it's not locked down the campus. Yeah. Uh, does it get easier to train these students or to to provide them that digital literacy if they're physically on campus with you? Well, uh, it's it's it. But uh, yeah, somehow no, I agree. Somehow it is apart from helping students on uh, e-learning and other. But uh, we, we have a, another role to teach. So sometimes you want to help them, but you have, uh, you have to go to class and uh, teach. So balancing, what, what I can see now, balancing between helping students and lecturers on uh, online activities, on blended things, and uh, uh, the things that I have, be, I have been assigned to do, like uh, teaching also. Putting consideration I that uh, we have uh, a very busy uh, schedule because uh, it's minimized from uh, 15 weeks to 11 weeks. So actually, we are, we are so busy. Oh, wow. <laughs> are you still trying to teach 15, 15 weeks in 11 weeks, essentially, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It has been reduced, like, nationally. Yeah, nationally from 15. Yeah, nationally from 15 to actually 11 weeks. But then your workload is the same. And remember, we have introduced this e-learning and we are mentoring people. And actually, our timetable, university timetable, it's up to Saturday. So you also have to mentor some colleagues, which is making a little bit, I mean, more difficult, actually. So, yeah. So your timetable is... From what day to what day? To, to Saturday? Monday to Saturday, yeah. Monday through Saturday. Wow. And that was because, because of COVID or is that that was there before? No, because of COVID. We have to at least compensate. Wow. Because, you know, because university uh, week, uh, like 15 weeks, uh, that's a semester. And I then see. two weeks, the students are doing exam. So now the weeks have been reduced to 11. So at least we are compensating some few hours on Saturdays. I see. 
Saturday, wow. Saturday lectures would not be fun, I don't think. Not I know. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> that does not sound well. You two, I, I think we, that's a good, that's probably a good place to stop uh, the recording because you two must be two of the most tired people in the in all of tanzania right now i think so (laughs) so you deserve a break you you deserve a break no we 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 are tough people you know we we are learning (laughs) we are learning again and again so yeah yeah (laughs) you know if i look at yeah we 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 teach we also like me before i used to teach i have administrative roles i have projects vendors and i have got some i mean whatever is coming you end it so i think we're getting used to that yeah so yeah we're okay well well you're you're you both are very inspiring and i appreciate Mm -hmm. you uh spending some time with us to talk yeah. to us. I know it's a, I know you're very busy schedules, but thank you so much for uh, uh, having a, a chat, a chat with us. Yeah. Before you end, maybe I would like also to say like, uh, I think uh, COVID has also opened the door for partnership, you know, like uh, I believe like stronger partnership and network with other institutions of higher learning will be able to boost ICT capacity, digital literacy, because, you know, some other things we are also learning from others. So I believe with partnership and network like ours, you remember the digital. So this is very important, whether internationally, regional or national, the partnership will support SUSA to improve in, in a number of yeah. ways. So sharing of resources, like, you know, since COVID, I have seen... Even though we used to know about open resources materials, open educational resources materials, but now everyone is so willing to share their materials, books, everything. So actually, uh, before there were textbooks you couldn't even afford to buy, but now you could see like the books are free to download up to July or what. So uh, this is also another area when we get free material, in particular for us in third world. So it's really helped us for having this open education resources. Hello. That's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I've noticed that the that the networks are, and the partnerships, as you say, are very important. I mean, so for background, you know, Dr. Ismail and Saeed and myself are in a, a small network of, I think, four or five universities, you know, University of Edinburgh, State University of Zanzibar, University of Dar es Salaam, uh, Makerere University in Uganda, and then uh, Amadou Bello University in Nigeria. So we're in a in a, a network, and I I was so impressed, uh, Dr. Ismail and Said, when when COVID hit, you know, Dr. Matebe from University of Dar es Salaam was sharing things, and then you were sharing things, and yeah. it's just a lovely exchange of information and practices, and it was it was wonderful. Yeah, exactly. That's what we are talking about. And because, you know, people thought like moving online is just telling people just move on, online, but you need a lot of support, material support, pedagogical support, infrastructure, a number of things. So that's will make you to have uh, like a successful quality online programs. Other, other than that, it's not easy and people will be frustrated and actually they will start running away from teaching. It sounds like a, a, an online the formation of a more solid roots of an online community and connectivity amongst institutions, sharing stuff which has been visible. I think up around in the UK as well. Um, 
So I'm, yeah, I think so. I think so too, Miles. I mean, we, we've I quite literally have learned a lot from Sousa, from Makareri, from University of Dar es Salaam in this mm-hmm. process. I mean, I, I've been stealing some of the practices I'm, you, you all are using <laughs> in my work at the University of Edinburgh because it's it's just makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. a lot of common sense there. Thank so you I will that. stop it there, is, though. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, thank you, Dr. Ismail. And very much thank you, Saeed. And of course, thank you, uh, Miles, for for our little conversation. And uh, I guess that we'll, we'll close it. So uh, in closing, thank you again. And this is the end of episode 18. Uh, this is Michael Hello. Gallagher. And Miles Blaine. And, and thank I'm you, Mario Dr. Ismail. Thank you. Mills. Thank you. And thank you, Saeed who might have dropped off a little bit, but that's okay. Take care, everybody. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye.